0: On another edition of Animation Deliberation, it's our first episode of 2022, and we're starting things off with one of the most celebrated new animes out there, Demon Slayer. We're calling this our Demon Slayer arc bridge as the show kind of transitions from the first season and the Mugen Train story onto the Entertainment District. So we are covering the first episode of the Mugen Train arc, as well as the first episode, the Entertainment District arc. We're going to get right back into that. After some ads, we have no say over whatsoever.
1: You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome.
2: When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing, and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel
1: rates from $94 per night plus tax at disneyspringshotels.com slash 50. Rates based on availability. Blockout dates may apply. See website for details
0: sing along if you know the words a one two three it's time for animation deliberation a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series yeah okay folks welcome back to animation deliberation the podcast that takes action animation and cartoons seriously but not too seriously i'm your host jay scotty st Clair, and we've got the same team that we had for our final episode of 2021, and it's a great team. It's me, as well as Zuhair Ali and Andrew Rogers, fellas. What's going on, Zuhair? You go first, since I introduced you both. At the same time. <laughs> I'm
3: doing good. Excited to finally start off uh, doing some more of the anime stuff. Had a fun time in 2021, so keep the hype train going. And excited that we get you to do the first episode
0: on your birthday. That's right. That's right. I'm an old man now. <laughs>
1: No such thing. You're a kid at heart. It's animation. For sure. For sure.
0: But we do know that animation is not for kids. And uh, that person on the other side of the mic is a person I'm excited to have back a little more regularly is Mr. Andrew Rogers. Good to have you here again.
1: Uh, I I feel like I say it every time, but great to be here. And I am so excited because this show is just everything that I could want. So (laughs) I want to hear what you guys have to say about it, too, because we need more anime and more Demon Slayer.
0: Definitely, definitely. Now, Animation Deliberation had done some Demon Slayer coverage in the past, but I this is the first episode that I actually get to participate in. So, Zuhair, I'll let you um, kind of take the reins a little bit more so than other episodes, because you're better at pronouncing a lot of these names and you're the one that introduced <laughs> me to the show. Uh, but why don't you kind of remind um, the listeners as well as, as us what was covered previously? So... When we recorded last time
3: on this, it was specifically on the Mugen Train movie because it was new to theaters and I was giddy and just really needed to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, The movie is actually the reason that I started watching the show because my friend was like, hey, the movie is going to be in theaters. Catch up. That's your homework. So I had like a month to just binge it and then go in. And I'm so happy that I did because it's one of those shows that's just like truly incredible. Oh, yeah. There's there's so many anime out there and you never know like which one's. Like, really, gonna dig in and get you hooked. And this is definitely like the latest phenomena. Like, mm-hmm. I would put it on my route, more. Wow, my Mount Rushmore of animes. <laughs> um, so we specifically covered the movie, fantastic movie. I've watched it more times than I can count. I think I saw it like four times in theaters. Um, so what we're doing right now is just. For some reason, there's a trend that they take the movie and they turn it into episodes. Dragon Ball did this as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the first episode of the Mugen Train arc was not in the movie. And it was really important information kind of setting up the character of Kyojuro Rengoku. Mm -hmm. So it was nice being able to see a little more of him uh, after, spoiler, finding out his demise And then the first episode of the entertainment district kind of wraps up his story and we get to see Tanjiro interact with his family, find out more about him for, find out more about his unknown style and how he got his abilities from his family, from the dance. Uh, So there was Mm -hmm. a lot of interesting things. It was a lot of stuff that added more to what was already a beautiful movie.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'll be excited to get, into that and discuss our favorite parts, most poignant moments, some of the most heartbreaking moments that we experienced because it is such a beautiful show. Uh, But thank you for providing um, all that context because that will, you know, I think, kind of sate the people that are itching to get right into the Demon Slayer coverage. But before we do that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Let's tackle some of the leftover Young Justice coverage we have, or excuse me, Young Justice feedback we have, as well as just one of the more um, heartwarming message that kind of speaks to the podcast and the network as a whole um especially in in these trying times we've been all of us have been going through lately
3: uh yeah so we'll do the first young justice email feedback that we got from jack george yeah hey guys my name is jack love the pod so happy i found this and the mcu cast been listening to both for a few months now as a black man living in kansas city it's hard to find my people when it comes to this type of content and i'm grateful for you all love the feedback episodes love how you all bounce ideas off each other love that you all allow each other to have crazy theories without judgment this episode was great bro i have so much to say and i'm trying to gather my thoughts first of all mary super scary when she took everyone's powers during battle At first, I thought she was doing it without noticing, and that was unsettling. But to learn after that battle that not only did she know she was taking their magic, but she was unapologetic. Super creepy, dog. (laughs) (laughs) And was that Granny Goodness talking to her in the mid-credit scene? What the fuck does she got to do with this? Ah, it was so good, man. Second, our girl Zitano. I don't know how to feel. Has this been her plan since she took on students? To have them get good enough to impress Nobu so that he would agree to the arrangement? If so, that's kind of wrong, but I would be trying to figure out how to free my dad if I were her too. And I love how she just had to touch the bus. Been seeing this thing for 10 years. What have you, you... Excuse me. Been seeing this thing for 10 years. What have you went through? Also, the Connor of it all. Great episode, man. Sorry if this was lengthy. Love you guys. (laughs)
0: <laughs> good stuff it's it's i'm glad that jack found the show because he sounds like as uh andrew has coined the term for our listeners which i really like animation enthusiast and uh with that feedback it sounds like we did exactly what i hope to do and, and that's taking it seriously but not too seriously you know having those those conversations and taking this the stories and the dialogue and the animation and examining it with a real uh f- fine comb or or, or lens I'm struggling with my words here, but bear with me. Um, but then also he, you know, he mentions the crazy speculation and the, and the theories and just having fun with it. So uh, it makes me really proud to be a part of the show and, you know, coming off of uh 50 episodes, it's kind of the perfect feedback to receive.
3: Yeah. The genuine reactions are beautiful. I just love, you know, we get to read this stuff off, but there's only so much that we get to see how much people feel about it and feel those you know inflections of voices and stuff. So these just truly emotional emails are just very exciting to read. Um, I can relate with you one hundred percent on like trying to find your crowd. That's one of the coolest things about the strand and panda network is you never mm. you never feel lost, you never feel like there's nobody to talk to about all this nerdy stuff because it it really does help us get through our day-to-day lives and to have something like these podcasts and this network to be able to vent all that stuff out and know that there's more people there out there like you. Is, yeah, I'm glad that we were able to do that for you.
1: Yeah, you guys have really created something good. I mean, I still only consider myself a listener as much as I know I'm kind of a little bit more than that at this point with how much I've been here, but listener I always... benefits. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> call it what you will. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's what I was before all of this. I didn't know you two prior to however many months ago. And I was a listener and you guys just brought me into the fold because it was such a comfortable place to talk and meet people. So yeah, you guys have done a great job in this network is really good to help find these people. And yeah, it's always nice to know that we're helping someone somewhere.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And then Jack mentioned the fact that like some of these characters have been experiencing the, these th- these trials and tribulations for the better part of 10 years but that also makes me think about the audience that have been watching the show like YouTube specifically i didn't start watching it until later on but you guys have been watching it from the very beginning which kind of makes me think of that uh, two calls two calls to action that we have to make mention of it the first is that hashtag renew young justice because it's still not a guaranteed thing so let's not rest on our laurels uh, but then it also makes me think of the other call to action that we put out there. And Andrew, I'll kind of let you speak to this, but just that whole um, coming to the end of 2021, and uh, going into 2022, kind of the best of 2021 and expectations for 2022 in terms of um, the best animated moments. So you put that call to action out there on the Instagram, correct? <laughs>
1: Yep. That's on our Instagram. If you click on the story highlights, which is a little circle right on the Instagram profile page. um, I found out you can't actually put text in the box anymore now that it's been more than 24 hours, but there there should be a little place where you can DM us right at the bottom of that. So once you see the question, hit the DM button, it'll go through the DMS and then go right over where I can see it. See what has been said. Um, We've gotten a ton of people that have responded and just to, you know, it's been over a couple of weeks. Um, just to call out a couple, we had John Cohen, Ellen Pratt, uh, Kyron Cals, Christine. I, just to throw your guys' names out there, we have heard you, we have read your stuff, and you know we will be talking about it at some point. I don't want you to feel like you wrote in and then it you know isn't going to go anywhere. We will talk about it at some point, but we still want to give you guys a chance to give your feedback of the best of 2021 into 2022. Tell us whatever you want. We want your episode ideas. Someone gave us an awesome idea of talking about the most powerful young Justice characters and each Mm. coming up with a ranking list. You know, random things like that that you guys might want us to talk about or shows specifically, um, whether they're coming out new or old. Zuhair has talked plenty about uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, so that might be coming at some time in the future, despite that being like a five or ten-year-old show. So anything you guys want to see, let us know. Give us that feedback. Uh, We'd love to hear it.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a Marvel drought. So I've already let (laughs) Zuhair know that Earth's Mightiest Heroes is a priority for me. Um, As much as I don't get me wrong, Young Justice is. eh, I'm, I'm dicing my words here. Young Justice is like the definitive, I think, comic book adaptation show nowadays. But Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Marvel gets a lot of flack for their failings in the animated realm. But I think between What If and Earth's Mightiest Heroes, If you're a Marvel quote-unquote Marvel zombie, um, there's something there for you. So we'll definitely look forward to uh, covering that. Um, And then just kind of off the top of my head, not that we don't have enough prompts out there, but yeah, I I love the, (laughs) the idea for episode suggestion just kind of off the top of my head talking about the most powerful members or whatnot. Like if you were to assemble your own team, if you were Nightwing or whichever hero you want, I'd be curious to hear what kind of team you would assemble. Would it be one of those more sabotage or espionage based teams or would you go with a bunch of heavy hitters that are loudmouths and just you know bust down the doors and announce themselves. I'd be curious to to hear what people think. But yeah I think
3: one more on what people think. I wanted to give a quick shout out
0: to uh Brian Kolinowski. Oh yes yeah excuse me I uh, forgot about that other piece of feedback sorry.
3: Yeah yeah I wanted to give a shout out to Brian Kolonowski. Uh he wrote in to the MCU cast, but kind of, you know, spread this message to all the strain of Panda hosts. He is a, excuse me, just want to make sure I don't butcher this. He is an infection control nurse. Um, so he has been very busy dealing with the pandemic. Uh, his wife is a healthcare worker as well. And was basically um, extending his thanks to us, you know, just kind of providing uh, content and stuff so that he could kind of have the escape from, I guess the hell that he's working in. Sure. Uh, You know, it's, it's very tough circumstances. It's one that all of us collectively want to end. So, um, you know, Brian, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, Thank you for that very long and emotional email that you sent us. It really means a lot to us. You know, for us, this is uh, just a passionate hobby, but just knowing that we could have that effect on people and give somebody something to get away from uh, all their stuff you know it, it means a lot to us it gives us more it gives us more drive to do better and be better and provide the content that everybody wants because i know like being in a movie theater is my happy place sitting and binging anime is my happy place it keeps me away from you know all the stuff that's weighing me down so you know thank you for just kind of reaffirming that we're we're providing what is helping out
1: yes so, i and better the- myself And just a thank you to all of those out there that are the first responders, the frontline workers, the teachers, everyone who's out there that's listening. Thank you for, you know, helping us through this. And also thank you all for being our listeners. I'm sure most of you are probably in the car, either on your way to work or on your way home. Thank you for doing whatever you do and listening to us, you know, in the process.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't (laughs) have said it better myself. All right, are we... Have Should we, we talk about blood-sucking people... demons now? I was going to say, have we kept the people <laughs> waiting long enough?
1: <laughs> well, I was getting yeah. emotional at all of this talk that we just did. Now I'm going to get re-emotional at everything that just happened in Demon Slayers. <laughs>
0: well, we got to get, yeah, get a <laughs> few did... laughs in there, too, to match the tone of the show. We were kind of talking off-air, and just before we get into the degree, one of my favorite things about the show is that it toes this line between being so tragic and so poignant and so beautiful, and then within seconds you can just be laughing your ass off just because <laughs> the characters have the goofiest expressions on their face and they're just doing the most asinine <laughs> things, but it's, it's, it's great. I love the show so much
3: when it's funny. It is
0: funny.
1: Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah.
0: All right. So we've got two episodes to discuss. We kind of, you know, let the people know it's the first episode of the Mugen train arc, which is the, flame hashira it's all about Zuhair. say this name for me again because i've got ringoku but uh the first name is a little bit more difficult for me to pronounce kirojuro kyojuro yep kirojuro yep. okay cool so this is kind of the first one that we spend any kind of significant time away from number one our lead tanjiro as well as the mm-hmm. secondary leads there Zenitsu and inosuke so
3: yep uh, so did you said that you watched the arcs did you watch this before you saw Mugen Train or had you seen the movie before you saw this episode
0: Oh so I still have not seen the movie so I was I was hoping through this conversation we could maybe discuss whatever differences there are Oh this one episode was the only difference Okay so yeah, other this other that, a- that it's, it's beat for beat as the movie goes okay I wondered if there was more context in the movie or vice versa what have you Okay so yeah, I watched the rest of the arc, so I've essentially okay. In the movie cool. at this point, yeah,
1: <laughs> had us both a little worried there for a sorry, moment. I sorry. won't lie. <laughs>
0: I was like, man, I just told you the ending like at the beginning of this episode. No, 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 no. no we're good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, unfortunately, we do know that uh, Ringoku Ringoku uh, bites the bullet at the end of this at the end of this arc, but you know, just getting to spend a little bit more time about with him, learn a little bit more about his personality, what makes him tick. Um, was was really nice, and makes the sacrifice at the end that much more uh, heartfelt for me.
3: Yeah, the only bit of him that we really got to see before this is during Tanjiro's trials, True. and that's when we got to see all the Hashira for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we got a little bit of their personalities, but not we didn't get really the opportunity to dwell into like who they are and you know what they fight for, what kind of people they are, and this and that. So for them to have that episode that really broke down like who he was. Like, I was reading some recaps because I didn't get an opportunity to watch the episode again right before recording. And it was just talking about how, like, he had the opportunity to just eavesdrop and then go about on his mission. But he was a type of person that went out of his way to make sure that people knew that they were taken care of, that somebody was watching over, that somebody was there to help him. So his devotion to his job and everything, like, being able to reiterate that even more was just... A phenomenal thing, even though it was just so small in this little 20 minute episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really helped to flesh out the character to get stuff like that. But I personally really liked having it kind of after the fact because yeah. there was this air of mystery watching the film, you know, not knowing who this character was. He was just on the train in that last episode, and you're like, wait, there's a Hashira there? What's going on here? And yeah. all the wheels were kind of turning prior to the movie. And then you get extraordinarily endeared to him throughout that film to the point that at the end uh again with his untimely death you are basically sobbing in the theater because it was just so heartfelt but i was i did want to get your opinion on some things jay Scotty. seeing that you got this context of him before and then proceeded to watch the arc that we're all kind of getting it retrospectively sure sure did you have a moment and i thought of this one uh, specifically when he walked up to the girl and the grandmother at yep. the stand fuku and he just and her, and her gran- grandma, yes yeah. fuku and her grandmother uh, yeah. when he was just larger than life and just kind of got right up to him and was like excuse me have you seen a demon yeah. um were you a little taken aback at his brashness and how over the top he was <laughs> because i loved that moment because i knew who he was watching him do everything that he did in the arc but i wanted to know did you think whoa who is this guy what is his deal
0: well, yeah, I I did have that. <laughs> and I think the I think the two other characters' reactions. His kind of uh, was it the Sukugo? Or I guess he doesn't actually have his own Sukugo. So I guess this was just one of the lower. um, lower ranks of the demon core, as well as his Katsugi crow. They're just like, Whoa, you cannot be that forward. What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it does. It, it tells you everything you need to know about him right then and there. And he's larger than life. And I, uh, even before that, he's just like, the moon is spectacular tonight, isn't it? Like, and just everything about him. He's got so much, I love the word gusto. Someone described him as having gusto for food, but I feel like he just has gusto for life and, yeah, it's it's just awesome that he has this air of confidence. He's a very, um, as one of his fellow Hashira describe him as very flamboyant, which is fitting being the flame Hashira. But he reminds me <laughs> a lot of another anime character, especially with his love for food, and that's Goku. But I notice instead of just warfing everything down like Goku does, he eats one bite at a time and actually savors every yeah. single bite with the Umai, Umai. <laughs> So I, I did like learning that the episodes followed the movie beat for beat because we know when Tanjiro and the rest meet him for the first time, he just keeps saying delicious over and over again. They're like, yeah, you, you made that clear. So, and it's yeah, even so funnier to think
1: that's your first introduction to him in the movie if you right, hadn't right. seen this episode. That's just exactly. what <laughs> is going on. Can I also just say, and this goes for animation across the board, not just anime. What is it with anime food that just looks like the best food you will ever eat? Because those mm. noodles, I wanted. I wanted every bite. Oh yeah! yeah. Like it all looked so good.
3: Mm. I mean, there's a couple of places here that have a uh, good bento box specials for lunch, and like I understand the hype now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if you go to the right sushi place that has the right options for bento box, oh, it's so good.
1: What's it like not living in the middle of nowhere?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like living right by an ocean. <laughs> well while we're on the the subject of food i don't want to take the focus away from uh Kiro, kirojiro too much <laughs> that, that too <laughs> uh, i did notice with fuku and her grandmother one detail that kind of stuck out to me that i think help give a little context about i mean obviously things are very uh fantasy based and not based in the real world per se but i feel like they do try to ground it where they can the grandmother had a recipe book that also said how to cook like Western food. So that made me think that uh, this is very much, you know, taking place in that time period where Eastern culture and, and Western civilization really started to meld and that melting pot started to exist. And so while they had thrived on making the bento for so long, it seemed like there was an interest or for the sake of the business, having to learn other types of food to satisfy a, a changing uh, customer base. Did you guys extrapolate anything there?
3: I didn't notice it right off okay. the bat, but you mentioning it like, you know, it is a time where people are still dressing very culturally. And this is, you know, our characters have never seen cities before. They've never even They're, seen right. a train before. Yeah. Right. So the fact that there is a railway uh, kind of says that it connects to more populated areas, meaning that there are shipyards and people actually coming in and out of the country a lot more. So those people could be coming to the countryside a bit more often, or there could be people from this countryside who are going out to work and then coming back and wanting something more from the bigger city. So, yeah, I could see that uh, that cultural transition, very uh, industrial period. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I kind of didn't think anything of it. I was wondering why they showed the book. So I'm glad you brought it up and kind of gave me a reason to think a little more about why that would have been there.
0: Yeah, because I think back on like the first season and it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but uh, I think I felt like large portions of it, like it it really could have been set like any time during feudal Japan. Obviously, Tanjo and his family um, were looking for charcoal, but I don't I'm not as too much of a history buff, at least in that part of the world to know when exactly that started. But, you know, just the lack of technology and the fact that our characters were spending so much time in remote locations, it was really kind of hard to get a feel for what time period it was. But now I feel like it's much more established. It's kind of akin to another one of my favorite animes, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, that exists in a very similar time period, I feel.
3: I mean, what's that thing where it's like, there was a 20 year period where a samurai could have sent a telegram to Abraham Lincoln or something like that. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. That is a crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah you kind of forget how long feudal Japan really was a thing. They didn't have huge, you know, changes in culture. Like we like to think about in the last hundred or so years, they mm-hmm. just had this culture that existed and was grounded in Japan for a very, very long time. So it really could have been anywhere in that window, like you said, but yeah. now we have some insight, I suppose. Makes me think
3: Last Samurai. Yeah, for sure. Okay. You know, swords and bow and arrows versus machine guns.
0: Yep, yep. Very much a clashing of technology as well as ideals. So, yeah, I dig it. No.
1: Do you think I, we'll get a Demon Slayer with a gun at some point?
0: I wouldn't rule it out. Or maybe even a... A, a demon. demon with a gun? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool to see a, a demon that's like melded with... I, we already saw it in, in Mugen Train with... Uh, you're going to have to help me with this this character's name again. The the dream demon that was part of the... Oh, uh, Enmu. Enmu. Enmu, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we already kind of saw it there, so that would be kind of cool if you saw like a gun-based demon. I'd be down for it. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the Flame Hashira, um, outside of the introduction with Fuku and her grandmother there, Again, I go back to that restaurant scene where you had the lower ranked member kind of join him. And it just shows kind of his humility as well. He's willing to sit there and share a meal actually and, and pay for this other Demon Slayer's meal. And that Demon Slayer seemed taken aback by it. And he's like, are, are you sure this is okay for me to be sitting here and just conversing with you? You're like, you're a, Sh- a Shira. But he has just this approachability and uh, just likability that again, makes his ultimate sacrifice That much more poignant so it was a great introduction to the character
1: yeah and it was more like we kind of got a little bit of in the movie that he talked about he didn't specifically say yes nezuko should stay or no she shouldn't when they were talking to the hashira because he's just a very neutral go with the flow i want people to enjoy what they can kind of a person so this was just continuing to hammer that idea in there of i'm going to help who i can and i'm going to be the best that i can but you know, why should I be this higher than everyone else kind of a person? No, I'm just there to keep people safe. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, because the guy who heads the Demon Slayer core, uh, Kagaya Ubuyashiki, Mm. um, you know, they Rengoku was basically disrespecting what he said. He was like, that was my boss told me to do. That's what I'll roll with. But you're a Demon Slayer, my responsibility, and you're on a job with me. So let's get to work.
0: Yeah, and, but we know by the end of uh, Mugen Train, he actually, I can't remember if it's, if it's in his dying breaths, but I believe so, he tells Tanjiro, like, I saw your sister protect humans, and anyone that does mm-hmm. that... Yes. Is, yeah, is I, I believe you and I believe your sister, which was, which was huge, you know. He really is that big bro. Hopefully
3: the crow was listening to all that and conveyed it to the rest of the Hashira who were ready to kill her on site.
1: Mm. yeah all the more reason to love him just all those little moments of just hammering away that he's such a good person
0: yeah yeah, yeah. but i guess the main purpose as far as his mission goes before he boards the Mugen, excuse me the moogan train is he's doing a little bit of investigation work we know he saved a woman from the slasher demon the night before uh but and they, they kind of that's what he's catching up with, with that uh, lower ranking member of the D- the Demon Slayer Corps while he's sharing that meal. And he kind of touches base with the restaurant owner, you know, uh, people are scared to go out after night because of this slasher demon. And the Mugen train has been, you know, decommissioned and is, is being worked on and whatnot. Uh, but from there, it, it basically is him finding out where the Mugen train is being stored. And that provided another great moment where he's pretending to be the bento vendor And, uh, when he learns from the conductor there that the train is being stored elsewhere and he's like, Hey, it's actually at this other facility. It's right there. And he's like, Oh, well, that's where I need to go. That's time to get off. And he's like, what do you mean? Get off. And he just (laughs) jumps right (laughs) off the train. Man Uh, of action. I love it.
1: Can we just talk about how weirdly smart that was though? Like for him to be this larger than life, you know, boisterous person you wouldn't expect them to be sneaky so he's like oh i'm gonna do a thing where it's my job to be larger than life and boisterous and pretend i'm a bento salesman and go to all these people and be like oh i'm selling bento or i'm delivering this to you like when he actually gets to the facility there like it worked way too well for someone who should not be sneaky and secretive whatsoever like
0: yeah, the guy's got very blonde hair with red tips. His eyebrows are pretty funky, and he's just got the... I love his eyes. He's got the the yellow and red uh, irises that uh, just give him a lot of a lot of personality and a lot of intensity.
1: Yeah, and I and don't he, know many people that wear a coat that has flames on the bottom.
0: That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> except but, for Hokage's. Except for Hokage's. Uh, there you go. Nar- there you Naruto go. guy here. There you go. Uh, but with that in mind, he... Bears a striking resemblance to pretty much every other member of his family. His father, he actually gets mistaken for his father at the end of the episode, there. And his younger brother, Senjuro, looks just like him as well.
3: I just realized how similar all their names are: Senjuro, Kyojuro, and uh,
0: Shinjuro. Is that his dad, Shinjuro? I was trying yeah. to pay attention to yes. that, and I don't. Okay, that must have been somewhere in the middle of the arc.
1: And that makes me wonder. You know, we'll get into this a little bit more in the first episode of the Entertainment District arc as to the connection between all of the stylizations of um, breathing. But is Tanjiro somehow related or an ancestor, or there was some deviation in family path? Just because Tanjiro, Kirjiro, Senjiro. Those all are still very similar names as you're talking about, um, that family specifically being similar is Tanjiro also part of that lineage in some way. We're going to find out more about,
3: I feel like that one may just be a coincidence. That could
1: be a coincidence, but
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's what I'm going with.
0: Yeah. I kind of know where you're going with it, Andrew, in terms of a certain type of breathing that we'll, we'll get into later on. That's the rest of the breathing techniques are kind of derivative of, um, that we find out about but yeah
3: well speaking of breathing techniques it's it's fascinating because during the movie itself like we find out how much like the we so we already have like total concentration that we've mm-hmm. had from the first season and then we're learning throughout the movie about how your breathing can affect your healing right. and then kyojuro uses his breathing to be stupid fast like yeah. that one demon thought he could run away he's just just this flame going down the tracks. That looks so cool. Yeah.
2: He Um, hit 88 miles
3: an hour. Not to get into Entertainment District, but there's like a recovery breathing too. So it's like, it's cool that we're not only looking at the elemental part of it, but how like each person and any range of Demon Slayer can learn these breathing techniques to have um, a better fighting style.
1: Yeah. And that was one thing coming out of season one. I felt like, I was very confused on was this whole, what's the water breathing? How does it work? What are the forms? Like you, you slowly were picking it up episode by episode. So I'm glad they're not just done with that. And they're continuing to explain yeah. and expand upon what the powers are um, within all of that.
3: It's like, Hey, y'all are still noobs. There's a lot to learn.
0: Yeah. And I love the way they kind of set up the final comfort, confrontation between Kiro- Kirojuro Kiro and the, the speed demon there, because he was always catching up to this demon and the demon was always kind of surprised, but when they have their final showdown there, he says, let's see who's the, let's see who's, who's the fastest. He's like, I don't need to do that. I don't already know that you are beheads him and then says slow. And the other thing that stood out to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but he announced the technique that he used after it was completed. And I picked up on the fact that it was called unknowing fire. So I wondered if that was part of the surprise element. It's like an attack. You don't, even know until after the fact and this guy's beheaded so he was never going to hear it but
1: well that is interesting because i think almost any other time any of the demon slayers use a technique they say it in the middle of or before so is this an insinuation that he is so fast that he can say it after or is it just part of it that like you said it's a secret from everyone else so you have to say it after the fact
3: i don't know about that because like before i got on i was watching his fight with akaza because it's just some of the best choreography i've ever seen in my life and like he used unknowing fire when he was it was almost like a jab out so i think they just name it just to sound cool but i'm not sure if it is much i mean i guess it could be like a surprise defense in that context um but i think they were just going with fancy names more than like intent of that i don't
1: know hmm. I mean, yeah and it, it's also possibly just that you know this is adapted from a manga it could be you turn the page and it says the you know name of the form in this case so they said "Ooh, let's stylize it so that he says it after the head comes off or something along those lines it could very well just be a style choice
0: yeah, it could totally be for the cool factor which is fine for me it was a pretty cool moment so yeah. i'll take it
1: <laughs> yeah and honestly that fight stands out to me in the fact of it showed you the power of uh kyojiro that Mm -hmm. this is some lower level demon this is not anything that is a uh 12 kizuki or upper six this is just some regular demon that may have killed you know three to four people at some point so he should be able to dispose of it this quickly And the fact that they didn't give him some slightly drawn out fight, they said, no, he's just going to go for the head. And that's the end of that was a perfect representation, because I know uh, Zuhair, you'll probably agree on this one. A big anime trope or fall is uh, gaps in power that you'll often go from like one season to the next. And oh, suddenly that enemy we couldn't fight before is now super easy to fight Mm -hmm. that they didn't do that. They said, no, he should be able to fight this demon easily. So he will just over the head and that's the end of that we don't have to have a fight scene in this episode because there wouldn't be one
3: yeah i was actually reading something uh about some characters in naruto about how like when it comes to to story building and stuff like this like you need to set an action standard so for this one it's you know just for the movie alone like if we take out this first episode there's two demons that show up Kyojiro handles both of them, one of them while saving somebody. So there's the standard, the everyday demon that Tanjiro and Inusuke and Zenitsu were freaking out about. He was able to handle. So it's like, there's the bar. And then that's kind of what sets the standard for entertainment district is that when he has to fight Akaza and doesn't make it, that set the standard of where the upper three are like, where we've seen people who were like just below the 12 and like how Tanjiro struggled with them, or how he wasn't able to do it himself. Like the spider people, sure. the spider family, like the Hashira had to step in for that. Oh, yeah. So, there's, exactly. there really are setting a bar of like this is Hashira material, and this is, you know, anybody below that. And they went through the rankings after they got off of the mountain. But they haven't really like dwelled on it much since then. Like they hit it a little bit in one of the Entertainment District episodes. So I like that they're actually bringing that back. It's like at this standard, like this is what you're capable of.
1: Yeah, and or should without, be capable of. Yeah, mm-hmm. without yeah. spoiling anything to come in the Entertainment District, we see some character growth with what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's a gap in time between everything we're talking about now and everything we talk about in the next episode. I think it's like four months. So they're continuing to, like you said, set that bar at the point of the episode. And Hey, time has passed. Now we can set a new bar, see what else is happening. So they're very consistent, which is rare to find in fight demon kind of shows like this.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess, I guess wrapping up this first episode I kind of want to know what both of y'all's thoughts of the movie as a whole was before stepping into this other episode that kind of wraps the story up, which also this movie has been out since April 23rd, 2021 and has made $500 million.
1: Woo. Yes. It broke a number of records. I remember like it was the highest grossing anime movie in Japan, highest grossing anime movie outside of Japan, Mm -hmm. highest grossing animated film of the year. I mean, it was the first film I saw post uh, the 2020 era of theaters being closed. This was okay. the first movie that I could go and see in a theater. Yeah. Nice.
3: Awesome. And um, the theme song from the Demon Slayer initial season was part of the closing ceremony for the Olympics.
0: Oh. So yes, very I awesome. to remember Lisa. that. Damn. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. Before I give my thoughts on the episode, there was one little final thing I wanted to mention about this episode. We were just kind of making the comparisons about, you know, a Hashira versus a lower level demon and what have you. But I do think that uh, Kirogaro made one mistake and that's kind of given his passion and his gusto. He is so offended when the demon smashes the box of Bento. He's like, that was made by people that I know and would love and I can't let that slide. And he's like, that kind of puts those people in danger in the first place. And he's obviously able to take care of it and they don't get hurt. But just kind of having that reaction, I felt showed a little bit of, you know, maybe where he has some shortcomings.
3: As all humans do. Of
1: course, of course, yeah, that's just the raw emotion. I think at that point of, yeah, you know, he couldn't contain it because he cared for people that he literally just met. So it's hard yeah. to fault someone for being a softie.
3: Yeah. That oh, was yeah. his, uh, that was his Thor not going for the head moment. Yeah.
1: I like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: it's a good comparison for sure. Yeah. Well, it all ended up yeah.
3: fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. As, as far as the movie goes, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it, did everything that the anime does so you get the the tragic backstory you get to see tanjiro's family and uh, just i I can't help but like harp on the fact that he kept like slicing his own neck to wake up from the dream and just the willpower that it takes to be able to achieve something like that and we get to see zenitsu and inosuke's dreams and they're a little bit more comical which is which is fitting so you get you know the full rounded (laughs) experience there but Inosuke is one of my favorite characters, so I love that at the end it was as it often has been, it's Tanjiro and Inosuke um trying to, you know, achieve a certain goal there, and they both have their strengths. And where Tanjiro is constantly able to kind of help direct Inosuke a little bit, I did appreciate the fact that it was Inosuke that saved him from slitting his own throat. Like that yeah. was just great that, character yeah. development. It's great to see that partnership actually be mutually beneficial. Um, outside of that, I thought, you know, it was beautifully rendered. I love the sweeping shots from outside the train, getting some of that three dimension to the train, traveling across the landscape and just the action that took place inside the train with Nezuko and Zenitsu, as well as on top of the train with our, with our other characters. Um, I, I was surprised by how quickly Inmu was taken out, given that you thought he was going to be the ultimate obstacle there, but it set up. Akaza like perfectly to to be that next level threat and actually give Rengoku you know a, a real a real challenge.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if I could, I would say eleven out of ten. <laughs> I I adored this movie when I saw it in theater. It was everything that Jay Scotty just explained and more. Like I didn't expect to be as emotional as it was, I was like, okay, we're going to fight the demon. I didn't expect us to go through the backstory with his family and just get you even closer to these characters. than we already was, or already were rather. I thought it was just phenomenal in every way. Like you said, Jay Scotty. Um, and I'll say seeing it actually all in one shot, I don't know if it kind of ruined it for you being that it was broken up into episodes. You knew there was more coming. Mm. I thought that fight with, uh, and mu was it i was like okay they did it they defeated the demon oh no the train went off the tracks that's fine i was like okay i'll i'm cleaning up the popcorn let's get out of the theater <laughs> i was completely blindsided by akaza's appearance and then that subsequent fight was just continuous surprise 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 because i never thought the next thing was going to happen so they wrote it perfectly they animated it perfectly it was one of the most beautiful anime fights i think i've ever seen and it was just so emotional and then um all of that stuff with tanjiro at the end throwing his sword at the demon calling him out for being weak and and, you know, only fighting at night, all of that was so powerful that it really put into perspective what this world was really building toward, the power that they were going to have to deal with, the emotion running between all of them. It was yeah. It everything I could have ever dreamed. I will watch it again anytime. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I
3: mean, but, I think uh, that's kind of the perfect transition into the first episode of the entertainment district because one of the major things that they are dealing with is the loss of renvoku like they're on their like three four month recovery period right now and that's another big thing that i appreciate about the show with that it's not like they have an injury and they're okay like in a week like they have broken ribs and concussions and you know sore legs and stuff like that and they actually address things like that we've had arcs where he finished one demon had to go to the next and he was like oh i still haven't recovered from this yet so it's bothering me so Mm -hmm. the fact that they actually have to go through these long recovery periods is a really cool thing and a really nice attention to detail and that's one of the things that they're really stressing is that uh they don't know how to move forward it's really lingering on their recovery they they want to be a better version of themselves but they're like scared for what the future holds for them sure and that's one of the reasons i really like characters like inosuke who are hard-headed and badass and all that stuff but they they recognize when like real talent is in front of them and they recognize when things have gotten out of hand and to see his development from that point like he really bonded with Tanjiro more than anybody else over this because he sees what Tanjiro is capable of and it's always like Tanjiro is the training buddy. If so shows up, whatever, but like mm-hmm. he wants Tanjiro to grow with him. He wants him to be powerful with him. Like he's the person that he wants by his side more than anyone else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. And
3: it's 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 just it's such a great detail that this was such a huge factor on their development and growth, and it's something that is going to be lingering on the future of the story.
1: Yeah. and on the topic of their bond coming together i have tried to keep track of it through the rest of the entertainment district arc i don't think he has gotten tanjiro's name wrong again which was he a has. running joke has he yeah i didn't I, I didn't, I yeah. didn't catch yeah. it I was, I was like did they finally bond <laughs> enough that he's <laughs> no. calling him the right name okay it must have just been so far term off term names yet. <laughs> okay because i know that was running throughout the entire movie and first season i didn't catch it enough so i guess i just need to watch them all again oh no um yeah, yeah. But.
0: well I, I liked a lot of what you said there, Zuhair, especially about like the injuries and physical toll that they sustain it makes me think back in mugen train you know um uh, just tanjiro being tanjiro he gets stabbed by that one conductor but still like that's when he and onosuke have a little bit of a clashing there where onosuke just like forget about that guy and he's like no if he dies uh or if I actually, he says if I die, that makes him a murderer. So he, yeah. he doesn't want to die just for the fact that he doesn't want this guy to become a murderer and that he's still just willing to go out of his way to save him. But it does make me think, you know, Tanjiro's first move is to go under Rengoku's instructions to go seek out his family and see if he can get his hands on these scripts that might tell him more about this um, dance that he learned from his father. Let me see if I've got this correct. I've these. got it here if you need it. Kagura. Hinok- Hinokami k- Kagura. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. So I do recall when he was like making his way, uh, I didn't know how close he was to their household, but that's when that stomach wound started acting up again and he had kind of pushed himself a little too far and he collapses just before he gets there. But thankfully, uh, Sinjuro's right there to, to kind of help him out.
3: It is funny how protective he is over Nezuko. Like you could have just left her at home and not have had to carry her the whole time because it's not like she came out during that interaction at
0: all either. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Though I don't blame it with Zenitsu, you
1: know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he has he has the butterfly girls to worry about at this point. He is living the lap of luxury.
0: Yeah, oh very God. true. <laughs> Something else. <Yeah. laughs> but I, that was that was the thing. I guess we got teased a little bit in the Mugen Train arc about how far. Uh, what was his name? Shinjiro? Sh- Shinjiro? um Kirojuro's and Shinjiro's father was it? Sh- Shinjiro? Shinjiro. Well Shinjiro is the the brother, right? What's the father's name again? Yeah, that's Shinjiro. Shinjiro, okay. It's just yeah, I I we saw him kind of like laying there on the mat with some indifference and I thought maybe he was, you know, sick or something like that, but then we get to learn how far this former Hashira has really fallen and it's just I was not expecting to hear the utter disrespect and disdain that he almost had for his fallen son. Yeah. It's tough to watch.
1: Yeah, I couldn't, almost couldn't stomach it. I agreed with Tanjiro. I wanted to headbutt or punch or do whatever to this man, whether it was for hitting uh, Senjiro or for just badmouthing, not only his son, but his fallen son was just too much.
3: Like he says that he's there to give his son's final messages. And it's like, oh, it's probably something pathetic. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. And for for the show to be able to get us to love this character so much in the span of an hour and a half movie is just phenomenal.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I just remember looking back on that having no idea who this character was going into the train, um the Mugen train arc rather, and then you mm-hmm. come out of it like how could we have lost such an amazing character so quickly?
3: Yeah. I need more.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just more and more and more, just like all of the characters. Yeah. It's, it's never enough.
0: But I guess on the flip side of things, we did get to see all of the like other Hashira, as well as the leader of the Demon Corps, their response to the news of his falling. And it was nice to see them say, "You know, we will carry on his will. And it's just kind of like what you said, um, Zuhair. He saw his master and his master's response, and he was just fully on board with what that gentleman had to do so it's nice to see that respect turned in kind it's like you know this guy had the right idea we're going to make sure that his legacy continues on despite the shortcomings of his father or even his his brother i mean i don't want to say it's too much of a shortcoming there because i think there's something to be said for acknowledging you know whatever physical limitations you can have but be being willing to step up and say that i still want to help people in the ways that i can and he's committed himself to you know rebuilding those flame chronicles for Tanjiro so hopefully he can learn more uh but that did great uh provide one of the funniest moments of um this episode for me when Tanjiro tells him you know whatever path you want to take follow your heart and if anybody gives you crap I'll headbutt them and he's like uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's such a good idea <laughs> <laughs> I think was just like
2: "Yeah."
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we we've been getting a lot of uh or we did in this episode rather get a lot of those classic anime faces of just blank oh, yeah. confusion and i i love to see it cuz it's, it's so comedic and so timed perfectly yeah mm-hmm. a lot
3: of these characters have stunning eyes oh yeah but whenever it goes to just like the small black dots small like dot. i oh, i lose it every time it's so funny <laughs> um
2: uh, but i
3: think one of the biggest points of this encounter was the fact that he wasn't using a flame ability. He was there because he was trying to find out like what the Kagura dance was about mm-hmm. and why it was such an important thing and why he was able to tap this power. So we learned that there actually is another form. I'm forgetting what it was, but uh, Sinjuro recognizes it from the earrings that
0: sun breathing. Yes.
3: Sun breathing. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. And which is apparently like the first type of breathing, like everything else comes off of that.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: so it's 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 fast i mean when the conversation first happened it's like you don't mix up fire and flame there's a distinction for a reason but kyojiro didn't know what that was about and he's on this journey to kind of figure out like where this random technique came from because he saw his dad do it all the time but he has a generation of just coal miners
0: right so yeah.
3: I, I think all of us were very anxious to find out, like, what is the story behind this? And just to find out that he ripped up all those records and that they have to go on their next mission. Now it's like, man, that's going to be put on hold for a while, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it se- does seem that way. But yeah, it, it also gives you a little bit of uh, context of just about how much guilt. Tanjiro is racked with over Rengoku's death because he talks to Syndra specifically about every time he uses this technique, even though he's implementing uh total concentration or concentration constant, he has no control of his body when it's happening. And afterwards, like you alluded to certain techniques and certain battles, like they're carrying these physical tolls with them afterwards. And that's part of the reason he's so spent is because of this technique. Did you see
3: how, like, disrespected Shinjiro was when he saw the earrings? Like, oh, you think you're better than me type of mentality? He was like, I need more. Give me background. Like, now.
1: Did Mm -hmm. he know the father was the first question I was asking myself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's immediately where my mind went as well.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, Jay Scotty, you talk about the guilt and... It was it was really poignant in this episode the way that he talked about, you know, if this was the first form, the best form, why couldn't I have saved Rengoku? Why -hmm. was it not enough for me to go in there? And it gave us one of the two best uh, animated scenes of this episode. I'll also throw out there that the flashback that they had to the fight between uh, Rengoku and uh, Akaza. uh, Akaza. Thank you. Akaza. Um, Akaza. Akaza thank you, Uh, that they just did the rotation around the still frame of the fight in the 3D render, and then it just panned to the sky with the embers floating around almost like stars. It was top two scenes of the episode, like I said. We'll get to the other one when it pops up, but it brought me back into why I fell in love with this show in the first place, and it is that it is one of the, if not the best, art that I have ever seen in an anime, full on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the backgrounds and the environments are just so detailed and so vivid. Um, They're almost like oil paintings, like just so much detail. The wood grain, just I'm thinking about like the mountain shrine, just seeing the reflections in the water on the ground and whatnot. But uh, Zuhairi, you mentioned just the eyes. And I noticed in like a lot of other animes where you have like dialogue heavy episodes, they would resort to having a static image where maybe just the mouth moves and you might have some slight expressions here and there, but there are moments when like Sindra specifically is talking and his eyes are kind of like dilating the entire time and his Mm -hmm. eyes are filling or whelming with tears that are constantly moving and whatnot. And even when you flash to just um, Tanjiro, his fist just being there clenched, it's never a static image. There's always some form of movement and some form of expression happening, which is just, I give all the kudos to the animators. There's such a, such passion and such attention to detail that They don't want a single frame to be boring. There's always just something so captivating to latch onto. And I, 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 my eyes are glued to the screen the entire time. Two things
3: off of that one being, uh, when they have their comedic scenes, like you could tell they flatten everything out and Mm -hmm. it is very like, you know, the arms just kind of like move like the Christmas lights or something. Like, it's just like, you know, you know, two bits back and forth. Uh, so it's it's very simple, and I feel like them being able to incorporate that in the way that they do like saves kind of this time and budget that they need to like really go into the action sequences. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the second thing being is that I took my friend to see this when I went for the second time. Like I said, I went so many times, <laughs> um, but he had never seen Demon Slayer at all. We just happened to be hanging out and. This was like the first big movie to finally hit a theater because everything else had just been like, you know, Star Wars this anniversary or James Bond being put back in for this. So this was like the first like original movie to like really build up hype and make people want to go to the theater. Uh, So he was, you know, I I grew up going to the movies every weekend with him. So it was like, yes, like I want to go to the movies. I don't care what it's about. So it's like, okay, watch as many episodes of Demon Slayer as you can. But he had never seen any of it when he went to go watch this film and when we stepped out he was like so that was a movie budget i guess it's not going to look that good when i watch you know the first season and i was like actually it will be like yeah. the fire and the water and the attention and detail that put everything like that's just in every episode my guy
0: yeah there's i guess we should give mention to the the studio it's uh pr- cor- correct me if i'm wrong on my pronunciation here is it ufotable I, I'm not sure. I always I do, do not actually you know. It's, it's U-F-O-T-A-B-L-E. Uf- I'm going to say Ufotable. But the one in my thing head, has always
1: been Ufotable. That's the only okay. reason I'm questioning, but I could be very off base.
0: Okay, Ufotable, Ufotable, what have you. Um, if you know, let us know. Uh, but I couldn't help but somewhere in the back of my mind when I was, because this was my first time watching the show since having watched Star Wars Visions. And I was just kind of <laughs> thinking, you know, if we do get a second Season or iteration of Star Wars Visions, I would totally love it if they uh, please, gave, yeah, please, gave the Demon Slayer guys, an opportunity to to do some Star Wars. It'd be great.
1: Just imagine this level of sword fighting, but put Ooh. lightsabers in their hands. That would be. Oh, that would be. <laughs> Maybe would get
3: me to finish it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Shame. Shame. <laughs> I had to jab myself before one of y'all came after me. <laughs>
1: I didn't know you Fair weren't enough. still done. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you outed yourself, sir. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but on the topic of the art here, it's just so amazing. I implore you if you only watch these episodes once watch them a second time and pretend you're about to podcast on them
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I just found myself writing down this scene is beautiful the parallaxing of the you know world around the train the golden hour light coming through the window when the sun was setting like all of these things you pick up on so much more when you're willing to stop and pause and take notes and really take in every single scene so if you ever want to enjoy a show like that I would say this is probably the one to go through it with a fine tooth comb because you'll find something more beautiful in every single scene
2: yeah
0: well said well said Uh, that being said uh, i was a little surprised you know when i saw the episode linked and i knew beforehand Zuhair hair told me like the first episode of the entertainment arc is a longer one but it really serves as as much as we're calling this like the arc bridge like this was definitely the most like transition based episode and i try to think about everything that happened in the great scheme of things for like an almost hour long episode, not really all that much took place, but that just goes to speak about how much time they spend setting up each scene and making sure that there's the emotional payoff, just those conversations between Tanjiro and Senjuro, and as well as uh, just, you know, seeing the crow fly to deliver those messages and everybody gets their opportunity to react to the news. But um, outside of that, we talked about the passage of time and you missed, you mentioned that four month period um, of training where We get to see, you know, it's all narrated by Tanjiro and he mentions, you know, Zenitsu no longer absolutely squeals with terror at the thought of doing a solo mission by himself and (laughs) uh, Inosuke is more aggressive than ever before. He's like, we're going to train till our bones shatter. Uh, (laughs) But then we get this great scene where we get to spend a little time with Tanjiro and Nezuko and it's. I just loved everything about this from the opening. I'm I'm a pluviophile, so I love the rain and it just goes to speak like how great a job this the great a job this show does from the sound design to the animation, just it created that atmosphere and I really felt like I was in the rain. I was digging Tanjiro's rain get up everything yeah. and then he enters that mountain shrine and we talked about seeing the evolutions of characters and I could not help but relate this fight to way back early on in season 1 before Tanjiro even met his first master. I'm going to blank on that gentleman's name, but he's one of my favorite characters. Um, Urukodaki. Kodaki, Yes. When he fought that one demon where it basically came down to, he basically had to pin the guy to the tree until the sun came up and he still didn't want to kill the guy. He's just come so far. I felt like even the setting, the nature of the demon, even the way he looked a little bit, like it just echoed a lot from that scene. And it's just awesome to see how capable, Tanjiro is and how capable they are as a fighting team together. When he just goes up to the ceiling and lets her drop out of the box onto the demon, oh, I loved everything. Yeah, so good.
3: That was so because it was like him falling out of the tree and just turning over, and her shooting up up. Because you know we've been talking about how we want to see more of Nezuko, uh, because she kind of only really pops up in very dire situations. Mm-hmm. But just like the, that small moment was like, this is so cool. I need more of it. She's such a savage.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah she is and following him down the mountain and immediately being concerned about the people as opposed to anything else like it's just him still being the most caring person ever as well as now able to fight demons like you said he will kill one to save the people he won't just pin it to a tree
0: yeah I, I was a little surprised when that young boy went to go check on the barn and he was like, I swore I heard something. There was no evidence whatsoever. It's just like, they he a good pulled job it yeah, exactly. That's what he did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, I, was, I yeah. was just going to say it's four months and the best way to do a passage of time in anything, in my opinion, is a training montage. And that's what yeah. we got. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. They, they are strong now. That's uh bum, to say the least.
3: Tanjiro's the man. <laughs>
0: Swinging his sword. Got his Nichiren back. Wait, like, did he actually get a replacement for his uh I guess yes! he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes! how did we
1: skip that scene? I completely <laughs> forgot to say that. How did we miss that in the middle? Uh
3: He was like, what is that? And just sees Haganazuka like way down the street, just steaming. And he spent the whole day running away from him because he just wanted to beat his ass for breaking his sword. That dude was livid.
1: uh as sad as the movie was i do remember walking out of the theater like what is hagen azuka gonna do next season when he founds out he lost another sword like i was i knew it was coming i didn't expect it to be that funny though uh it was it was glorious
3: yeah that like i don't like pausing when i'm watching something for the first time but that was the one where i actually had to pause because my chest was hurting i was laughing so hard <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and then uh, the uh, down with dango like that's yeah. such a simple thing
3: He <laughs> was just so chill after that yeah. i mean we I, I think that was all we kind of needed to cover with the training montage and i i hate to go from comedy to just super dark but that's just kind of what the show does but we t- totally forgot to mention um we finally get to see Muzon again uh, and we're talking the, to Akaza. Yeah, we're on the
0: same yes. page. I was going to transition yes. there myself because we actually got to see that his Nichiren sword get destroyed. We knew it was lost, yeah. but we saw Akaza actually like pummel it into dust. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. He was pissed that, you know, Tanjiro was able to get a good hit on him like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, who the F does that kid think he is that he can lay one on me? It's like like sorry you're pathetic man like you would have never survived that fight if your limbs weren't reacting like in the snap of a finger
1: yeah
0: now um correct me if i'm wrong is this the first time we've seen this new form that muzan has taken on this young child because i felt like the way they introduced him it it certainly was and i have to imagine a big motivation for that that change in form is because he was spotted by tanjiro and when he's having you know his um I guess debriefing with Akaza and he tells Akaza, you know, you're coming to me telling me that you killed a flame or one of the Hashira. That's a given. Anytime a human and a demon go up, the demon is supposed to win. I want the demon core annihilated. And there were three other ones there. Uh, What happened? So.
1: Yeah. yeah. That scene was crazy. Um, Just showing the power of Muzan in that moment that he was like paralyzing akaza as he was saying all of those things
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but when you talk about that being the first version of the child form you are correct okay but that i have a lot of questions about muzan now um in terms of that child form so we know he could shapeshift because he started off as the bowler hat wearing very pale gentleman in the streets.
0: Michael Jackson looking, I have to say. I,
1: I didn't no. want to say it, but <laughs> uh, yes, Michael Jackson looking. And then at the end of the season, we saw him turn himself into a woman when he eliminated oh, well, the right. bottom six of that's, the Kizuki. Okay.
0: That's right, that's right. So
1: we knew he could shapeshift. My only question is, we know he has a wife and child. Yes. How is he also masquerading as the child of another family while also running his family on the set it's just he's living too many lives for someone to not notice him missing from one of them (laughs) i Um, have
3: suspicions but it goes into episodes i've seen already so i'm not gonna say anything on it
0: hmm
1: so if i'm quiet that's why that's interesting that's very i cannot wait to get to the next episodes then. yeah because my questions still exist even after being caught all the way up so yeah
0: yeah one thing that stood out to me in that exchange is on top of uh akaza's failings in, in taking out those three members of the demon Corps, he also mentions a flower i want to say it was the blue spider lily or something right in like the money that. okay um and he says that he sought it out you know did the the research and whatnot but came up short was never able to to actually spot it so i'm wondering the family that took Muzan in the, uh, the father's talks about he's hopeful that his drug company might be able to come up with a solution for the fact that he can't go out during the daytime. And I'm wondering if this flower might be a cure for demonism or demonology. I guess demonism would be better than demonology because that's like the study of them. But um, I have to imagine like that might end up being an end goal for both Tanjiro because he wants to save Nezuko as well as maybe Muzan. Muzan being... This original demon that bestows all this power, but I would, wouldn't would be surprised if somewhere in the back of his mind he's been a demon so long that maybe he wants to be human again. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it could also just simply be what you said. The father was looking for the solution to curing the ability to not be in the sun. Mm-hmm. It could be a let's have the demons take over the day kind Ooh. of a situation because there was the focus like we said on that entire rant from tanjiro True. how dare you be a coward and fight us in the night where you have all the power come out in the day where we can exist too
2: mm-hmm. is that
1: going to be what we find out they cannot do and then chaos will ensue when you also have demons in the daytime
0: careful i like that wish
3: for.
1: yeah careful what we wish for um i will say though the revelation that he was searching for that blue spider lily upset me even more Mm. Because that meant that Akaza was not sent to the Mugen train to kill everyone. He happened to be there because he was on his way to that mission. And that's the only reason that we lost uh, Kyodru. And that just makes it all the more upsetting that it was some weird coincidence that he stumbled upon to that or they could have actually been triumphant.
0: And Akaza is a member of the lower three? Correct. Upper three.
1: Upper, upper three, three,
0: excuse me. Okay, so he's the highest ranking demon apart from Muzan that we've encountered, correct? hmm
1: Okay, correct. I thought so. Cool. Because there's only the upper six left, correct me if I'm wrong. Because okay. we watched him kill almost all of the lower six, except for Enmu, who begged and pleaded for power, because I think Enmu was in the lower six. Uh, if, right, I, if I'm remembering everything correctly. Yeah, because
0: the first one he encountered is when he and Inos- Inosuke first kind of partner up when they're inside that house with the guy with the drums, right? I want to say Kyogi Kayogi or something like that.
3: I don't remember any of the names it's, from the first one. I yeah. just describe them by their attributes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I do recall, I might be wrong, that he was an ex-12... Um, maybe. Um,
0: yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah, yeah,
1: that like he was one prior, and that's why they were actually able to defeat him in that moment is because okay. he had fallen from grace, so to speak. Sure, sure. I think I you're guess right about grace that, yeah. isn't the word I for demons, but
3: well. okay. So, <laughs> so upper rank is Akaza, and the one that we get introduced to in Entertainment District. Okay, and it looks like Enmu, Rokuro, Wakaruba. Mukago, Rui, Kamanue, and Kyogai were I think
0: Kyogai might lower rank. thinking of
3: so yeah. we've had lower rank one through six, and Kyogai it says former lower rank six. Okay,
0: we were right on the money then. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Okay, um, I guess other than that, as far as this, you know, first episode of the entertainment. District Arc is is really the final scene there, where Tandra returns from the mission to the mountain shrine that we talked about, and it's a very <laughs> peculiar situation that he he stumbles <laughs> upon. <laughs> uh, we've got um, we've got our sound Hashira, uh, and his name is Tengen, Lord Tengen Uzi, and he was a former Shinobi Uzui. Excuse me, you're going to have to keep doing that, so I, I appreciate you. <laughs> doing that um so he's a former shinobi and his thing is all about being flashy he is the flashiest <laughs> of the hashira and he's trying to kidnap a few of the female members of the core um <laughs> you're gonna have to help me with this name too AO- Aoi. uh
3: that i have to look at it's aoi so it's, it's I aoi it's, i yeah. It, yeah. it could be Aoi.
0: okay well she's kind of um in terms of like the butterfly mansion. So you've got the three little girls that are not part of the demon core. And then she's the one that doesn't want to be a swordsman, but she's still, I guess she's kind of like a medical um, a personnel within the demon core there um, as well as, you know, I think she helps prepare some of the food as I recall, because when we learned uh, help me with the sword mask, the sword makers name
1: again, Hagen Azuka.
0: Yeah. when we find out that he was appeased with a certain food and osuke's like i want some too and she's like okay we'll get you some not a big deal <laughs> which kind of surprised me a little bit um but yeah he's basically trying to kidnap them and i i love tanjiro's reaction at first he's like hey put those girls down you can't treat girls like that or wait are they swarming him or are they being held what's happening here
1: i mean you see, <laughs> see a big muscly man like that are they running at him are they running away it could be either <laughs> could be both i don't know I don't know which direction I'd be running.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, that. So,
3: well, it was Ali, the the medic's name.
0: Yes. Yes. The character blue character. hair. Yeah. The blue haired medic.
3: Yeah. It was funny because like, we don't know what Uzui's mission is at this point yet. Right. But the fact that uh she was like, I think it was Tantra that pointed out once, you know, and Zenitsu kind of came for backup because they had no idea what was going on either.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And they just mentioned it's like look at her uniform. She's not even a demon slayer. And he just looks and like, oh, and just tosses her right <laughs> over the edge <laughs> so blatantly. And they freeze the frame where she's just like suspended in like, shock that she's about to fall. And everyone's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. But there's the other demon slayer who's um, who's That's like a- part of the, the butterfly house yeah. that doesn't Lady, speak.
0: Lady Kanoya? K- not, K- not the, Kanoa not the, not
3: the Kanoa. Kanoa. one. The one that uh, the one that doesn't speak.
0: She flips the coin in order to make her decisions. She's kind of like Son- uh, Tandro's pseudo love interest at this point. I would say. I think so. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah, she trained him a little bit, but yeah, like she's trying to step into without being like too disrespectful because I think she knows who it is. But that that the whole encounter was just like Uzu was, it was was so cringy, but it just the whole thing made me laugh so much.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and this was where my favorite part of the episode came in both oh, yeah? scene and it was the you know uh he says well what am i going to do without these women and he says we'll take their place and he's like who's yeah. we and it was the 3d circle camera again yeah. you pan one direction and zenny i'm surprised he didn't jump on him immediately seeing he had his lovely ladies in his hands right. and then it just pans to the other side you have inosuke there and the fact that the leaves kicked up just for that moment to show that they ran in quickly enough, that there was wind yeah. and the fall leaves. And then as soon as they jumped down to have that amazing, we'll call it Spider-Man glory shot there, the three of yeah. them almost, the leaves then just fell back to the ground after they were like, it's it's us, we're here, we're going to do everything we can to fight. I thought that was just a beautiful these guys are still a team kind of a scene. Cause I was a little worried when I watched this episode through the first time and it was like, Oh, Zenitsu's not afraid to go solo anymore. And there was the solo mission with him and Nezuko. Right. Okay. Are we going to have to break up the band? Like, is this going to be a little bit of a separate ways we'll get a Tanjiro story and maybe we'll come back together. I'm glad to know that we still have the original characters. Cause I was a little, a little upset at the the thought of that being the option.
3: Yeah, because it's showing that they're not like always conveniently available when there's a big threat coming up. Like they're still doing their job and taking out the smaller ones here and there without us having to watch it the whole time.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I-, I loved everything about that scene as well. Just everything you mentioned about the wind kicking up, seeing the leaves, and then they actually like dart. You can't even like make out their physical forms. They're just kind of like blurs going in opposite diagonal directions and they land at first, you think like Tandra will be at the front, but I kind of like how he's kind of center, but back and they get to be like his right and left hand man right there. It's, it's yeah, uh, it kind of makes me think of that moment from this is a real throwback, but to kill Bill when you've got the bound, 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 that just badass introduction moment.
1: Love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can already tease, if you're questioning exactly what moment we're talking about, I already have this picture planned to be one of the Instagram pictures for when this episode goes up, so sweet. you can see it there at uh, Animation Deliberation. Sweet,
0: sweet.
3: Okay. So, I'm um, really hoping it's her being tossed off the edge now.
1: <laughs> I meant the picture of the the glory shot of the three of them, but if I can find her being <laughs> thrown off the edge, that will also go up just for you.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> neho's uh
1: wily e. coyote moment it holds up a little sign drops down
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. it's episode two that goes into what the mission is right they didn't yeah. really do that in this one okay yeah
1: i think he gives okay. us the tease that they're going to a place full of energy and lust and okay. i think he says the entertainment district and then it cuts to okay it cuts to another amazing scene if we want to keep talking about creation, creation. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, if you watch the credits through, you get that great kind of comical scene. If we're talking about the same one where we've got our heroes...
1: Are we, no. Are we thinking about a different one? Okay, what you got? I am actually... So before the credits... It actually does an amazing 3D overhead, almost as though you're flying through the city, oh, where it yes. weaves through the light posts and then mm. ends on some possibly demon-looking woman behind a screen. Right. We'll see who that is. Um, but yeah, that was a really, really well done. Like it, it reminded me of some of the scenes from the Harry Potter movies, almost where you're a de- uh, not a Dementor, a Death Eater. When they okay. had some of those POV shots of them flying through the oh, cities sure, in London, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. it reminded yeah, yeah. me very much of just flying through and ending up in a building somewhere where something bad was going to happen. It was very reminiscent of that, but to see it fully hand and computer animated is very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. breathtaking.
0: I, if yes. there are any people that are sensitive to motion sickness, I I dare say it's so well done it might trigger you. But yeah,
1: honestly, yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Great call out there. And it definitely sets up a lot of excitement for this new um, environment, new threat we're going to be facing. But then I always love to watch the credits through because I, I feel like they do just a great job of teasing things to come. I uh, We get to see um, Uzui sitting there surrounded by um, some ladies that I think we'll learn more about very soon. But then it does go to that uh. Oh. That, comical scene i was kind of talking about where our heroes are kind of like talking about their favorite foods and whatnot and then uh Uz- uzui interrupts them to uh talk about the next episode but
3: yeah it's kind of an anime staple just to kind of have something silly whether it be like answering questions or celebrating something that's happening in current events or mm-hmm. just something silly but uh psa there actually are a few episodes that have end credit scenes Mm-hmm and the music and the scenery on the closing sequence is beautiful anyway. So why would you want to skip it? True. But yeah, yeah. There's, a f- there's a few of them where it's like after it goes to the credits, like big things happen that are impaired with the episode. And if you're watching every week like we are. Um, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And as you're talking about the outro there, it was an interesting thing that they did with this episode not to necessarily spoil what's to come, but this episode's outro is the intro for the rest of the season. So they didn't, they didn't want to show us, you know, Izui and the women and all of the entertainment district until the end, because it didn't really start until the end of that. So I thought that was just a nice little touch, but I will agree. uh, Amazing outro and intro as well. Mm -hmm.
3: The first, the first intro scenery and music, it just sets such a high bar. Like, it genuinely had me worried of, like, how are you going to match up to that? And, like, the sequence in music is just so good to this. Like, it's not it's not Lisa good, but I, I don't skip it. I love listening to the music. It's very it's very jazzy to kind of go with that it entertainment jazzy, district yeah. vibe. It's yeah. I I love it. It's so fitting. It's just so appropriate.
1: I'm singing it in my head right now. I would actually sing it if I could. If I, knew the
3: words. I thought
0: you're going to keep going. I guess we got to keep it under 15 seconds for our copyright. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, it feels like we're winding down here. Did you gentlemen have anything else you want to bring up about the episodes we discussed here or just anything demon slayer in general, you got to get off your chest.
3: I love anime. I love demon slayer. It's so flipping good. I can't wait to watch more. And I honestly, I love being able to just watch it every week. It's a, it's a Sunday thing, especially as football seasons wrapping up. This is my, this is my Saturday morning cartoon of waking up and be like, there's a new demon slayer episode.
1: (laughs) 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 No, I couldn't agree more. Um, Anime is just lovely. I don't have enough time to watch enough of them. So I'm glad that uh, we have more to cover. So there's more of an excuse. Agreed.
0: Agreed. One little thing that I felt like we overlooked with the Mugen train story that I felt like was, was kind of important was we did have those four kids that were kind of um, acolytes or puppets of Inmu and the one in particular that had t- tuberculosis it was just another one of those things where you it's when you've got a character that's just so good and so altruistic like Tanjiro, sometimes it's a little difficult to find common ground with them but this show just it's it's like the superman problem but this show just never has an issue with it it just takes this good natured character and you get to see like the representation of his soul, how helpful they are that they just transform this person to where he can't even like contemplate committing any, any violence towards Tanjiro afterwards. So I, I really love that stuff and found myself well up a little bit during that.
1: Oh yeah. It was it was all emotion. And I wasn't really joking at the start of this when I said, yeah, I had to get emotional rewatching these episodes. It doesn't matter how many times I watch that movie. It just gets back into holy crap. All of this is important. Tears, Mm -hmm. everything else. Like it just happened again. And this is my you know, this was my third or fourth time watching the Mugen train arc getting ready for all of this. And I didn't it did not hit any less hard.
3: Yeah. Right in the
1: feels right mm. in feels mm.
0: yeah all right well it's that part of the episode as we're winding down i will open up the floor to let you guys let the people know what you have going on Zuhair, hair i know you're going to be appearing on um, one of our sister shows spark a reading collective why don't you tell us about what you're going to be doing there
3: i guess i could give a little bit of a trailer uh <laughs> yeah they're doing a wrap-up of their thoughts on the mcu content of 2021 and yeah i just get to talk about marvel stuff source pages a reading collective check it out
0: yeah brian v klein and Haley hobbs there have been doing a phenomenal job i've appeared on the show uh zuher is this your you record an episode with them about one of the avatar books but this is going to be your first time uh appearing on an episode that we know is going to be like released relatively soon right yeah okay cool Exciting. Yeah. Andrew,
1: what you got? Um, as per usual, follow us on our social media, uh, Animation Deliberation on Instagram. I'm continuing to have fun. And the more you guys give feedback and interact, I will try and kind of give back. If you guys like really like posts or something, I will do more of them. Whatever it is, we'll keep it going. Um, also, just on the topic of actually what we're talking about today do we want to give them a heads up of what our next demon slayer coverage is going to be? So they know what episodes they have to watch for those that, is, that aren't fully caught up.
0: That is an excellent idea. And that is why we keep you around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I got to help somehow. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'll let, uh, I'll let Zuhair tackle that because he's done a phenomenal job of uh, kind of curating the episode arcs for us.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: um, we haven't missed too many episodes i think by next week episode six will be out Mm -hmm. um i guess i can just kind of ask you guys live do you want to break it into two episodes before we do weekly coverage or do you want to just knock out everything until the first episode and kind of be on track
1: from where i sit having seen everything that is currently available i don't feel like there's a good breaking point I feel like it's just kind of all really coming at us. So unless something big, actually, no, even if something big does happen in this sixth episode, we're going to be covering up to that anyhow. So I think yeah. I think yeah, we're probably they fine. Got,
0: they kind of got straight to the point.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: sitting here jonesing to watch episode five. So whatever whatever gets me caught up as soon as possible, that's what I vote for. Yeah. So um, <laughs> by
3: Sunday, episode six will be released. We will have episodes two through six watched by then, and we will talk about it all together.
0: Sweet, sweet.
3: And then after that, um, episodes still come out every Sunday. We intend to record every Tuesday unless stated otherwise.
0: Yeah, that's the plan going forward. Um, And then for myself, I need to touch base with Matthew Carroll for PandaVision, but I know we had discussed covering... Peacemaker on HBO Max for PandaVision. So um, that's one that I am super excited for. It looks really irreverent, which is right up my alley. So <laughs> stay tuned for that, as well as everything Animation Deliberation is doing. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Stay whelmed.
1: Bye, guys. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey. At visitmississippi.org/slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers, welcome.
0: Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower,
3: every note,
0: or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising. You can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly.
1: Visit nfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
2: There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango, because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their
3: new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a
2: program that complements irregular recycling. Cause plastics can be the recycled plastics can be so much more participate in the hefty
1: energy back program happening in your neighborhood today